This is a Dalina University production. Uh, it is my pleasure to present Irene Gilsenen Nordine, Associate Professor in English Literature and, um, amongst other achievements, founder of DUSIS. Good morning, Irene, Good and morning. welcome. Good morning, Loretta. Thank you very much for inviting me to have this interview with you. Mm. Who is Irene Gilsenen Nordine? Well, uh, I come originally from Ireland. I come from a place called County Meath. Uh, I um, come from the countryside, I'm a farmer's daughter from Kells, County Meath. I went to school in the local school in Kells and then I went to London to uh, do uh, teacher training. And I have a very long, checkered uh, teaching career. Uh, I spent some years in London uh, as a primary school teacher and then I returned to Dublin and I was working there for a while and then I went to Africa and I spent seven years in Africa working as a secondary school teacher. I was a volunteer there and while I was in Africa I met my husband who happened to come from Sweden and hence I arrive in Sweden. So my journey to Sweden is a rather roundabout way uh, and when I came to Sweden I started to work at Hook School in Dalen. I've been working here for 20 years mm -hmm. and I have been uh, involved, I'm very proud to say, in the building up of the English department right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. When I first came we were four teachers and now I think we're about 30 teachers in the department so it's certainly a, a wonderful story of mm -hmm. development uh, that Hoag School is um, no doubt needs to be proud of uh, how the English department has mm -hmm. developed so much. Uh, I have uh, then, as I was working, at the same time as I was working, I also did my PhD at Uppsala. Mm -hmm. so, um, so you've come a long way. A little bit of the, of the background. And one could say <coughs> that you were truly representative of global citizenship. You could say that. Yes. I forgot to mention too that on the way <laughs> I had a job working for some time as a computer programmer with the Swedish road uh, department. So that's another uh, element of my career. So as I said, I have a very checkered mm. career. Thank you. Um, you are, as I said, stated before, the founder of DUSIS. What is DUSIS? Well, DUSIS is Dalarna University Centre for Irish Studies. And it is a forum for Irish scholars and students to come together and work on Irish literature and Irish studies generally. We established the centre in uh, 2003. I got the idea originally from my colleague who's working at Aarhus, uh, Michael Boss, who set up uh, the Centre for Irish Studies at Aarhus University and I thought it would be a very nice idea to have such a centre here in Sweden. It's the only centre of uh, Irish studies in Sweden uh, and uh, we're very uh, happy that we have gotten such support from the university for this. Mm. Also I should mention we've had uh, support from the, uh, the embassy, the Irish embassy in Stockholm and they have been extremely generous and supportive of all our efforts from the very beginning. We started uh, in, as I said, 2003 with a symposium and we invited uh, Nulini Gonal came along, uh, you will remember, uh, and uh, we had a, a very interesting uh, symposium. And as a result of that, we have had uh, conferences for the past, well, we've had five international conferences at DUSIS mm -hmm. and this is a central part of our work. Mm -hmm. 
As well, I should say that we have an MA programme in Irish literature, which is uh, uh, centred here at, at, at Dolan, and, uh, we, where we offer uh, modules in poetry and drama, and also in uh, film, and in the Irish novel, and so on. And I know for a fact that your conferences uh, attract some of the most respected and learned colleagues and scholars in Irish studies. And that is always a very exciting event for me personally to attend. Uh, thank you. We've, we've had a, a very, very good response to our, to our call for papers when we send them out. And we've also been able to bring uh, very, uh, very good uh, speakers mm. here. Mm. And this has been done through uh, the support of the embassy, I must say, in Stockholm. Mm. They have been wonderful for us and also from Hoogskolen. Uh, so, uh, yes. Uh, you are a very, very productive member of the research area, language, learning and culture. Uh, what is your research group working on at the moment? Uh, we are part of uh, this uh, work where we're, we're socialising this process that we talked about, uh, literature and culture, and uh, language and culture, I should say. And my particular group that I lead uh, is uh, dealing with uh, post-colonial studies and in that group we have brought together a very exciting uh, group of uh, scholars from different disciplines uh, not just in the English department but in the French department and uh, in the history department and we're working together uh, to uh, at the moment we're producing a, a publication, we're writing a book together and uh, we have these work in progress uh, where we invite in scholars uh, to come to our higher seminars and to deliver papers and some of these have also been invited to be part of our project. Uh, so it's an ongoing uh, piece of work at the moment and uh, it's very exciting uh, to have uh, all of this involvement. And a very dynamic group of researchers from so many different areas. Uh, yes, I think that that's one of the things uh, about it. And of course this uh, concept of the post-colonial is something that uh, unites us all in different ways. So we look at it from a theoretical point of view and then each of these different disciplines, they decide in which way to approach uh, the, their, their particular uh, topic. Thank you. Uh, while you were writing your doctoral thesis on the poetry of Seamus Heaney, uh, a wonderful thing occurred. Um, could you describe the events? Uh, I was writing my thesis on Seamus Heaney and he won the Nobel Prize in 95. And uh, of course it was very exciting. I was suddenly launched into all of this uh, excitement with uh, Heaney's uh, nomination and uh, I had not come very far, I must say, uh, in my work uh, and uh, what happened was uh, they phoned me on the morning of the Nobel uh, announcements in October uh, and uh, asked if they could uh, call me back for an interview if Heaney uh, did win the, the prize, which of course he did uh, and then started my 15 minutes of fame, I suppose you could say. <laughs> it was very exciting. But um, what it did for me uh, was it made me uh, rethink what I was doing and to be able to, uh, to uh, it was all very overwhelming, I suppose you could say, but it made me relate what I was doing in layman terms uh, for uh, the general public because I had lots of interviews and uh, all of this that goes with the, the, um, the Nobel uh, 
a nomination every year. Uh, so it was it, it was a lot of, of uh, extra work, but it gave me uh, a great impetus in my in my work. Mm -hmm. I, I must say at the time, because as you said, you were in the beginning of writing. Yeah your thesis. Yeah. So how did yeah. his nomination then affect the writing of your thesis? Well, I, it held it up, no doubt, because I had to, I even took on to write uh, uh, material in Swedish uh, for uh, uh, some, some newspapers and it meant that I was doing something else, but that's a part of this uh, third uh, task that you have as a, as a researcher as well, to sort of reach out to a general public and explain what you're doing, uh, even though it was in Swedish that I was forced to, to do it in, and also some of the talks that I held at the time, of course, were, were given in Swedish. So. Um, Excuse me. Uh, it meant that I that I had to um, uh, re re uh, track or retrace my, my steps. I suppose you could say for for a, a short time. But I, nevertheless, what it did do was it gave uh, a lot of uh, new material. Uh, both uh, which was positive and negative because it meant that there was very much uh, more work to be to be looking at in terms of research uh, on on his uh, writing. So thank you, the Nobel Committee. Yes, I can say thank you, even though at the time I felt, goodness me, what on earth is this? <laughs> I, I, I was not uh, really prepared for it, to be honest. Uh, um, <clears throat> you have written numerous books on contemporary Irish poets. However, one name keeps popping up, and that is the name of Eileen Nicolanan. Uh, why is her poetry so fascinating to you? Uh, I like Eleni Kulinan's work very much. Uh, I can say that we've had her here at our last conference on myth just recently. Uh, the reason her work appeals to me is because she deals very much with the idea of the spiritual. Uh, and this is something that I'm interested in in, in my research, in my writing, in uh, the everyday, the ordinary everyday, the marvellous in the everyday that Heaney talks about. And this is what I wrote about actually in Heaney's work when I was doing my research there. So I think that uh, Eleni Kulinan's work uh, offers that sort of other way of, of looking at, uh, at the, the everyday, uh, that sort of idea of the other, the, the element of the spiritual, as I call uh, my book that's recently been published on Kulinan's work. Interestingly, I had a, a, an interview with, with Kulinan uh, a number of years ago. And I asked her just about this element of the spiritual in her work, and she didn't seem to think that that was anything at all that uh, she was aware of when she, she, when she was writing. Uh, but I do think that her poetry uh, lends itself to that sort of interpretation, and it appeals to me, uh, just as Heaney's poetry does, uh, I have to say. Thank you. You're also a very popular and inspirational teacher. And I know this from personal experience because uh, Irene has also been my teacher of literature when I was a student at Hoog School Andalana. What are the most important aspects of your role as a teacher? Or in other words, what are the most crucial elements of teaching for you? I think uh, for me as a teacher, uh, one of the most important uh, aspects of, of the teacher's role is the individual, the idea uh, that each student 
is an individual and that everybody is very different. We all see things differently uh, and your starting point uh, uh, should always be the experience of your student uh, and what level uh, and what areas of, of interest uh, your student uh, has. Uh, and also I think it's very important to be supportive uh, in uh, their efforts uh, and uh, uh, when it comes to literature, as you know yourself, literature has very much to do with interpretation, how we respond to a text, and everybody responds differently. Uh, and this is something also that I try to do as a teacher to encourage the response of my students uh, and to give them confidence in their own uh, abilities uh, to read a text and to interpret a text. Uh, when you deal with poetry, as I do, very often you have students saying, oh, poetry is very difficult, I don't understand poetry at all. Uh, and what I try to do is open the text up and say, it's really not so difficult. Uh, there are so many things that you can see, uh, just like uh, if you listen to a song, music moves you. In the same way, the language uh, should be able to, uh, and does, move you uh, too. Uh, so what I try to do is to encourage a personal response uh, to the literature and I don't try to impose my interpretations. Uh, I think that that's important in the role uh, uh, as a teacher that you give your student confidence in their own, uh, in their own uh, abilities uh, and, and that sort of uh, also with regard to essay supervision I try to encourage uh, but at the same time uh, I am I'm very strict uh, when it comes I'm to <laughs> when it comes to deadlines and so on and I think that this is important. You should be uh, supportive uh, and uh, uh, honest uh, and uh, helpful and, and, and so on and I try to, to, to do that uh, in my teaching. Well thank you for that and I agree with everything you said. <laughs> so, but you are also uh, you're a prolific and respected researcher, not only here at Hoogskool and Dalarna, in Europe, and I could even state the world. Um, what are your main research interests at the moment? Well, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> very <laughs> hyperbolic. Uh, uh, I know, but it's I, true. I, I, I will say that uh, I... Uh, uh, at the moment, I have a number of projects. Uh, the, these uh, conferences that we have uh, hosted uh, have resulted in publications. And uh, we have uh, a couple of publications that are in the pipeline at the moment. One is Urban and Rural Landscapes, uh, and uh, also uh, that I work together with my colleague. I'm working with uh, Carmen uh, Zamorona-Lena. Uh, who is working here at the at Deuces, uh, and we're producing a book on post-national identities, uh, and we're working on that just now and getting that together. And uh, the uh, next project will be a book on myth, uh, which is also in the pipeline. Uh, but uh, it, with regard to my own work, uh, I'm just at the moment uh, finishing a chapter for uh, the uh, book Post-National Identities where I'm dealing with the poetry of Moya Cannon uh, and uh, her poetry uh, lends itself uh, also to that sort of uh, openness that I talked about in, in Nicola Nan's work where you can uh, see that relation to, to uh, you know, the idea of, of, of uh, the landscape, very much the individual in the landscape. Uh, in Heidegger, 
Hegelian terms is this sort of being in the world that I like to look at from a philosophical point of view when I do my interpretations. Uh, and uh, I see her work from an eco-critical point of view. And that's, I probably, I'm moving away from the idea of the spiritual that I have been looking at in Heaney and in Nicolinan uh, and more towards an eco-critical uh, interpretation that I, I, is coming through in my, in my more recent work. So there are a lot of other projects too, but I, 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 I think it's enough if I just uh, deal with those too. Well, thank you very much for lending us some of your time, your precious time today, Irene. Thank you very much, Loretta. Thank you. Thank you.